Welcome to the Brew Files from Experimental Brewing, our quick hit series where we focus on fundamental aspects of brewing, including styles, techniques, and recipes. More brew, more flavor, more stories, less time, less ukulele. On this episode, we're taking a deep dive into the hot and contentious new provisional BJCP style, the Katarina Sour. I'm sitting down with our man from Brazil, Ronaldo. He's a homebrew turned pro in the home state of the style, so we'll not only tell you how to brew it, but how the name developed as an educational tool before it exploded across all of South America. But first, a message from our sponsors. Do you own a copy of John Palmer's How to Brew? If so, you know it's one of those truly indispensable resources for brewers. Well, it's time to replace that old dog-eared copy, because our friends at Brewers Publications have just published the fourth edition of How to Brew, and it's a totally new book. The new How to Brew clocks in at 600 pages, and every chapter has been updated and expanded, and there are five totally new chapters to boot. So grab your copy at your preferred beer book vendor, or buy it from the Brewers Association store if you want to get the book and support craft breweries at the same time. More info at BrewersPublications.com. Family-owned Atlantic Brew Supply is the biggest homebrew shop in the Southeast. No gimmicks, no multinational corporate overlords, and no BS. Unique ingredients from local suppliers, including malt from neighboring artisan malt house Epiphany Craft Malts and award-winning recipe kits, including the Toll, Raleigh Brewing Company's GABF-winning Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Plus, we've got pro-level equipment and the best-in-cask supply equipment from sister companies ABS Commercial and Cask Supply. Malts, extracts, and more, all available by the ounce, an on-site calculator to help you craft your best brew, same-day order processing, and guaranteed two-day shipping for East Coast customers. Get 15% off your first order when you use the coupon code BREWFILES at checkout at Atlantic Brew Supply. The American Homebrewers Association, a community of more than 45,000 individuals who share a common passion, beer. Since 1978, the HA has promoted and advanced the most delicious hobby in the world, providing brewing resources, supporting homebrewer-friendly legislation, offering exclusive member deals at breweries and homebrew shops, and hosting one-of-a-kind events like HomebrewCon and the National Homebrew Competition. Join your beer-loving peers at homebrewersassociation.org. What, what do you have brewing right now? Uh, I just brewed uh, Dark Saison. Oh, which number is that? Oh, that is uh, from the. This actually is from the new brewery. I built a new, a brand new brewery. Oh, it's a very small brewery. Uh, we're doing some really peculiar stuff because it's a it's a two barrel brew house. You just couldn't help it, could you? No, I couldn't. <laughs> And I hope you get to see this brewery quite soon. And uh, the one that I, I have on tap at this moment that I just released is a saison, a straight saison. 
I think you would love it because it's uh, it's beautiful. It's fruity and it's uh, very, very hoppy. Uh, I used uh, copious amounts of uh, Hallertau Blanc. Be- beautiful beer. Uh, point, point 0.998 uh, final gravity. It's very dry. But it's it's on the nose. It's quite uh, sweet as well, which is really interesting. Well, that's good. But, you know, unfortunately, Ronaldo, that is not the topic that we're here to discuss today. All right. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> Ronaldo, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and we'll get into the topic. Uh, so my name is Ronaldo. I am a home brewer and a, a, now a professional brewer here in Brazil. Uh, I have a, a, a brand called Bruxa, which means which. Mostly I do Belgian beers, but there's not a whole compromise of, on doing only Belgian beers. I love saisons, and now uh, we developed uh, uh, an, an initiative which is called Catarina Sour. Uh, Santa Catarina is the name of our state, and we did something here. I'm going to explain to you about uh, how, how this uh, new BJCP style got uh, promoted as, as a style there, uh, how, how it was developed. That's the whole idea. Just to lay the background for people. Yeah, if you haven't paid attention, Gordon Strong at the past Homebrew Con in Portland, he did a whole presentation on emerging styles, and that included a couple of things that we already know about, you know, like you know, hazy New England IPA. And then there were a couple of new ones in there, and one of the ones that caught a lot of people's attention was this particular sour. You know, I I figured, okay, I want to discuss this because this is going to be something new and fun. And of course, you know, people like to find new and fun things to brew. And, well, why have me yabber about it when I could actually have a local expert help us? Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronaldo, how long did you how long did you homebrew? It's been already nine years since I started homebrewing. And you had, uh, with a Braumeister on the on the back deck, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I started I started with a two 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 vessel system, a very simple twenty liter system, and then. By the end, I was doing some 50-liter uh, Braumeister stuff, yeah. Single vessel and very different kind of brewing. I, I guess it's pretty big in the U.S. right now with all the, the different brands that released uh, equipments like that. But actually, I think in that case, we were a little bit more pioneer than you guys. <laughs> the all-in-one type systems only really started to catch hold maybe about two years ago here. And then, and then now, now they're going everywhere. So, wait, how many breweries do you have now? Oh, now I only have my home brew and now and my professional brewery. I got out of the other brewery because they wanted to go very commercial, and I I really didn't want to go full full uh, commercial. So you wanted to keep it small and real. Yeah, I wanted to keep it small and do some special stuff, and so I I, I built a new brewery. It's just just I just got all the licenses. It's a, a small brewery. We will do around uh, five thousand liters a month only at this this starting point, and we have uh, uh, a couple of bars to to send these beers to. Uh, both bars have about twelve taps in each one of them. And we can sell pretty much all this beer in these two tap rooms. And, and so we, it's very fun because we can do some really, really different stuff and, uh, we can do some different styles. We have no compromise with a, a line, a commercial line. So it's, it's really cool stuff in, and at this moment, then I have a, a, my, my home brewer, which with a 50 liter single vessel. 
and then I have a 250 liters, 300 liter uh, single vessel as well. Now we're so now we're really kind of running sort of a, a nano brewery, kind of keeping it fun and light and playing around. Let's actually dig into the style because at the the face of it, I mean, it kind of really looks like what we're talking about here with the the Katarina Sour is yeah, it's a fruited Berliner Weiss. Yeah, it's it's a little bit stronger. The whole idea is uh, you as you you had the opportunity to come to Santa Catarina and you saw that uh, we have some uh, pretty strong German brewing background. Yeah. And, and, and so uh, it was really difficult to, to tell the public uh, when you put something on tap called vice, and then people always get the feeling that they're going to have something uh, banana and clove and things like that, uh, a light and fruity beer. And we are having very, very difficult time uh, selling Berliner Weiss. Um, so we, we got together as the breweries and we, we wanted to do something uh, uh, sour and we wanted to do. So we got two or three breweries got together and then we decided to, oh, let's let's try. Let's do a play on Berliner Weiss, but a little bit stronger and let's put fruits and uh, let's not confuse our public with a Weiss, the name of Weiss. So uh, how can we do that? And then one of the guys said, oh, let's do a play. Let's just create a name. So we are going to educate our public. And, and then we, we did the name Catarina of Santa Catarina, the name of our state. And, and it, 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 was, it was something very unpretentious. The, the whole idea was to get the group of people and share how we could do cattle sours and how we use fruits and the quantities of fruit we use and different fruits that were, that was available. And we didn't have a, a, the idea was not to create a style at that point. The idea was to create a communication with our public. So a way to educate everybody without that expectation. Yeah, because uh, when you say, when we put on home brewing, uh, not home brewing, but brewing here in, in Brazil, Craft brewing in Brazil is pretty recent and people it's growing a lot and people are still getting used to, to, to the names. And, and when they hear the word vice, vice beer and uh, Weizen beer, they think of something, uh, like I said, like the banana and the clove. And when we put a Berliner vice, people would get something sour and they would say, Oh, I think this beer is, is, is rotten. I think this beer is spoiled. We, th we thought, oh, let's let's create something different with fruit and a little bit stronger, and let's create a name so people could easily understand. When they saw Catarina Sour, they knew they would get a very fruit-forward beer, uh, sour, but very fruit-forward, and, and it, it had uh, wheat in it. That That's the whole idea. And uh, it was very interesting that we started with three breweries and then four, five, and things got really, really uh, hype, and now we we got about forty brewers here in Brazil doing the same beer. And so, if I remember correctly, this is what in like 2015 or so that this all starts. Yeah, this is 2015, 2016. That's that's when we we started the whole concept. And it, it like I said, it was uh, something that we did to communicate with our public, with our consumer, and. People liked because they knew when they heard Catarina Sour, they knew what they would get uh, up front. They would get something very fruity with a lot of fruit, very tropical, very easy to drink and sour as well. So 
and and so it has been two two years that we have been growing, and now we got breweries from U.S., Canada, and even other places in South America uh, embracing the, the the concept. Let's just uh, dig into you know kind of like. Okay, everybody's talking. Okay, hey, this just really seems like it's Bologna Vice, and we've mentioned Bologna a couple of times. And looking at the BJCP guidelines, I am Bologna. I mean, it's a low alcohol wheat beer, and I think uh, trying to remember, I think it's usually like about three percent. I mean, it's real low alcohol. Well, a Berliner would be about three percent. We go more like uh, four and a half, five percent. That's more or less uh, where we would like to go. Usually, uh, Berliner is all lactic. Maybe a little bit of Breton. Some of the traditional in the older traditional examples, but modern examples are all lactic. And I think nowadays, if people are thinking about craft breweries that aren't in, say, Berlin. They're talking about something that's done with a kettle souring technique, and I'm assuming that's the same with the Katarina Stour. Yeah, that's it. We we try to we 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 will do kettle souring in a very controlled environment. Environment, so we have something that it's more or less always the same and very clean, uh, very easy to drink. I'm I'm a big fan of talking about like locality in terms of its impact on beer. I think it's important that we set some expectations for people about. Uh, Floripa and, and Santa Catarina, and and what sort of what sort of climate and what sort of culture they should uh, be picturing. Uh, like like I was telling you, uh, we have a very very strong uh, background in German breweries here. Pretty much all the the first craft breweries that opened here, they they were very very focused on uh, German styles. Uh, we we have we are heavy heavily uh, colonized by Germans here. The whole culture of beer is derived from there. Uh, Santa Catarina is a state with about, uh, nowadays I think we have something around 50 to 60 breweries. The, the home brewing world has opened these breweries to other styles. And it, it, it was quite interesting to see some very traditional breweries here going after and trying to do some cattle sour and doing some sours and putting fruits and doing something different than uh, the Reinhatzgebot, the going out of the, the German purity law, which was, it was quite fun. I still remember on that trip that Denny and I came down there and visited you guys and spoke. Uh, going to Beerland, which is one of those you know, breweries that does have that German background, although they started playing with American styles. And I just remember having, I think what was probably the best American red I'd had in over a decade there. Oh, cool. <laughs> so that was kind of nice to see. But still, American red is a far cry from a, a Berliner or or sour style. And I, I also remember, you know, I mean, there's uh, obviously you guys right there, at least in Floripa, are right there on the coast. So there's, you know, sort of that lushness of the beach and the, and the, the fisherman history and, and all that sort of good stuff. Let's talk a little bit about sort of the the idea behind the fruit, you know, and where that comes from and, and what exactly we're talking about in terms of fruit flavors. As you know, we are very uh, highly influenced by you guys. Uh, home brewers here, all our background is, is um, like you, Danny, and uh, uh, John Palmer, and, uh, and all the guys that we have – had the opportunity to to bring down here and, and meet us and and see how things are going and we wanted to do something uh in the lines that would be something very refreshing we wanted to we, we have to get the people from uh that are drinking ab inbev and those light lagers to to try to migrate from that to something uh, different from something craft and we thought that uh 
this initiative would be very cool to put something that is very familiar to people, which is fruits. The flavors from the fruits are very familiar to everybody. We grow up eating fruits. So uh, we, I, we thought that would be a very, very good vessel to get people uh, interested to try the beers. And so said that, we, we, we found that uh, the best way to do it would be to do sour, a sour beer, which is uh, something very refreshing, very, very summer-like. And, and so that's how we, we were approached. And uh, we approached that uh, we wanted to, to build a beer that would have uh, familiar flavors, which are the fruits, with uh, something very new for most people, which would be uh, something sour, something uh, very sparkly, something that would be refreshing for the summer as to suit our tropical uh, climate down here. Yeah, so something kind of crisp but fruity and very, very carbonated, so almost fluffy and effervescent. Yeah, as you were talking about Beerland, I just had the opportunity to judge yesterday. They they, they had their annual homebrew competition that they do for the winner gets to brew a beer in in Beerland, just like I did seven years ago. And it, it was the first sanctioned sanctioned uh, competition for Catarina Sour. And so, yeah, and of course, obviously, if people up here wanted to use the style, they can now with the provisional style from the BJCP. But let's let's get into the actual brewing of it and some choices of ingredients we already said that you know this is stronger than a blender so we're at, uh, at four to five right yeah so what are your what are your gravities typically uh we, we'll do a beer something uh 1040 1044 something like that uh 50 50 uh uh wheat and and pills mouths we can do a little bit of oats in there as if you want to give a little bit of uh, silkness to the beer. Uh, it's very straightforward. Kettle sour, we have a choice of some uh, different uh, uh, bacteria there as uh, we, we like to do some plantarum or some debrecki and some other things that are available. And those are all varieties of lactobacillus. Yeah, lactobacillus. And then we can do something that is very, very clean, something that is very, very... Uh, very, very clean. And then we do a clean fermentation with uh, an American yeast afterwards. So what we've got here then is basically, okay, standard mash, pull the mash, do your, do your lauder, your sparge, take that all over into a kettle. We do, we do a little bit of a forced souring with uh, lactic acid and to 4.5 more or less. So we, we diminished the, the, the possibility of getting some contamination. Right. I was going to say, that's very important, the pre-souring in order to kind of deter, the, particularly the enterobacters, which are the ones that are, that are really nasty and sewagey and bad. Yeah, vomit. <laughs> I don't want that in my beer. All right, so we're into the kettle, pre, uh, pre-acidification in order to really kind of drop, that, drop those real bad critters out of the way. And then about what temperature are you at when you dose? Depends on the lacto that we use, but around 36, 37 centigrades. For silly Americans using silly units, uh, that's about 96, 97, 99 range. Yeah. And then you pitch your lactobacillus into this pre-acidified wort, cover up the kettle, I assume... What, wrap it in blankets or whatever you need for insulation. Uh, we, we we have the as we do single vessel. Mm-hmm. We have something very automatized, so we can just set to thirty six and then it to stay there. We just cover with some saran wrap and it stays there for thirty six degrees for 
usually 24 hours is enough to get to about 3.4, 3.5 pH. And, that, and that's your target? That's what you're really looking for? You're- More or less my target, 3.4, that, that's pretty much it. So about a 1 to 1.2 uh, pH drop uh, after, and you say that takes about 24 hours. Now, have you ever tried to push it and try to go even further? Yeah, we have gone to 3.2. Did, did it work or, or was it just a bad idea? It's buckering. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> not quite, not quite good. You feel like your teeth is going to fall out. Please don't strip the enamel from my teeth. So after that, I mean, the normal kettle sour procedures, then, you know, bring it up to a boil and treat it just like a regular beer. Yeah. What sort of, what sort of hopping do we get in here? Uh, we will do something right. You can do a little bit more, but we will go around five, five IBU, seven IBU, something like that. Real soft. And I'm assuming what, just like standard low aroma type varieties. Just, just enough just to give a little bit of protection to the beer. Interestingly, I think, and we've seen some American breweries doing this where, yeah, you do the kettle sour and then it turns out the reason that you can't normally hop a Berliner Weiss up super high is because you, hops will interfere with the lactobacillus. But obviously, at this point in time, lactobacillus has done its job, and you've already killed it in the boil. So if you wanted to, you could just kind of go ham with the hops and go, look, I made an American IPA balloon device. We, we actually have done that. Uh, we tried to do a little bit of, of uh, some experiment experiments with that. We did some uh, uh, Nelson Salvin and some Motueka or something like that, and we can go to 30, 40 IBUs and have something very, very interesting. Which is a very very hop forward beer, but but it's sour. It's quite it's nice. It's nice. I've only had a few sort of very hop forward sour beers that I think have actually worked because hops don't typically in my mind play very well with a lot of other flavors. But it's always interesting to try it. But those hops are pretty uh, pretty fruity, eh? they, yeah. They right. are very yeah. Avoid your Chinooks. Avoid your traditional nobles. Go for all those tropical fruit hops that everybody's buying to throw into hazy IPAs these days. Sure. <laughs> So, I mean, we get the boil done. How, uh, how do we get the fruit in? And then, and then we, we can do the fruit in some some very different ways. We can do uh, straight to the fermenter, or we can do uh, like we have to, to uh, heighten the the curve of, of understanding, of learning. Uh, we can do also straight to the to the keg okay so like a real late addition so it still has sweetness to it yeah it has a little bit of sweetness so uh the ph will get depending on the fruit will get a little bit 1.1 higher or something like that but it it works quite nice Mm, almost kind of like the uh not a Randall injection, but more like what people are doing with glitter beer these days uh, up in the states. Yeah, it's 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 it's, inf- it's an inf- infusion, yeah. Yeah. So, what sort of fruits do you typically use for this? Oh, we can do. We have done all sorts of fruits. Um, uh, we're trying with uh, very very tropical and local fruits as well. Something very different. Some fruits that uh, uh, it's not so common on the day to day life. We, you can do pretty much everything. You can do something very common like a strawberry or. Uh, maybe tangerines, but uh, uh, I, uh, we have done some also some very, very different fruits from down here that I don't even know how to translate, but some really interesting stuff. I, I guess that's what got uh, Gordon Strong really excited about the style, about not the style, but the concept and how uh, the concept uh, fell in the grace of the consumers and how uh, this has multiplied through all the breweries down here. Can you just- Tell, tell me what your favorite one is that you've used. I mean, you mentioned strawberry and tangerine. 
But when you've done this, uh, I, I really like you know the cashew nut. It has a fruit on top. Yeah, that fruit is really really awesome to do. It, it's high in vitamin C. It's uh the the, the it's, it's it's here we call cashew. It 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 works quite fine. Uh, but pretty much all fruits, uh, they work really really cool. Uh, we have done with dragon fruit. We have done it with uh, uh, the usual strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, and. Uh, but I, I guess the this, the the real uh, heroes of this style would be some tropical fruits that I, I really don't know how to translate. But uh, cupuaçu, graviola, these are very very indigenous fruits that really really work together with the this style. Well, and I think. If I'm picturing what you're talking about with the the cashew, that is, I think up, up here in the in the U.S. we call that the cashew apple. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the cashew apple, and if I'm and uh, thinking about it, I think is graviola. I want to say that that's was it uh, guanabana. That's uh, it, it, another name for it, or. Um, it's also sometimes I think called the custard apple. Custard apple. Yep. Yeah. People here in the U.S., if you have a fine, uh, a fine uh, purveyor of interesting fruits, uh, go and look for a custard apple. Yeah, yeah, the, it, and, and 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 it's very interesting because uh, we uh, another fruit that works really, really, really nice with the with the style is uh, a guava. Oh yeah. Guava with passion fruit. Guava with some other fruit. It works really, really nice. Star fruit works really nice as well. See, and I always wonder. I, I mean, maybe I just get bad examples of star fruit, but I, I swear, I, like I, I, I can't explain the flavor of it because it always feels so mellow to me. At least in the examples I've had, probably means I'm getting bad star fruit. But yeah, star fruit actually has a uh, very interesting flavor. It, it's very citric and. Uh, the only problem with star fruit is that you have to be careful because it's it has a lot of tannins, so it it, you, it can go uh, kind of astringent if you don't use it in a in a good way. So you have to pay attention to that. But uh, star fruit is really it's it's something that has a very peculiar flavor and it, it blends and it marries really really well with a uh, with with uh, sour beer. And I can imagine, so some of the things that you talked about, like the guava and the passion fruit, up here in Los Angeles, we have a club called the SoCal Cerveceros, and they're a Latino-focused homebrew club. And I've had them on the podcast before. But one of the things I noticed when I go and I attend their functions is, yeah, there's a radically different set of flavors that appear, you know, including things like guava and passion fruit and mangoes and things that are more, at least here in the U.S., associated with uh, Latin America and South American and Central American cultures. And those percolate up through the beer styles to present a whole different sort of twist on everything. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because one of the things I think is interesting is I, everybody, I, like people seem to have half accepted the idea that there's this New England IPA thing that's associated with New England. But every time people try and push some sort of locality into beer, there's always a big pushback. And so for this particular style, you know, like I've heard a lot of pushback from people online going, I don't understand why it's a style. It's a, it's just a, it's just a fruited balloon voice. Yeah, but, but 
you know, uh, it wasn't our, we, we didn't have the idea to build a style, you know. Uh, I guess we got, uh, uh, the, the idea was to, to have a better communication with our consumer up front. And then uh, when Gordon came down here the last time and he saw all these beers coming out and he saw all the breweries, all the hype and, and everything, he thought, he thought, this has some, it, it, it represents, it has something that it went uh, very, very capillary. You could see breweries from everywhere doing it. So I guess, I guess what, what, what you need is representativity to, you, you see the, the, the style of the beer being brewed in all the states. You know, Brazil is fairly big, you know, it's, uh, and you, when you see something that is being brewed, from north to south and from east to west in a, in a country as big as Brazil, it's something exciting, I guess. It's uh, the whole idea was to do. Uh, we, we didn't want to do a new style. We wanted to 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 do something that the breweries would exchange a lot of information and would ex would exchange a lot of um, uh, techniques and things like that. We wanted to grow together and to have some uh, uh, standard communication about a style that we wanted to to pursue, which is very refreshing, which which suits our weather, it suits our uh, country, and, and 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 so we we didn't have the we we didn't have we were not as pretentious to think that we we're going to build something new. What we really wanted to do was to. Uh, we wanted to have a, a full communication that was very, very cohesive between the breweries. And, and that's how it started. Yes, it is a stronger Berliner Weiss with fruit. Yes, it is. But uh, when you say Catarina Sour nowadays, people can understand what it is up front right away. You, I don't have to explain anything. That's how things became a little bit, uh, 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 not out of hand, but became uh, something more than what we needed. We we really didn't have the the, the idea that this would become uh, a style. What we wanted to do was to have something that uh, people would identify up front right away when they saw Catarina Sour. They knew they would get something fruity, something sour, something very high, highly carbonate carbonated, and uh, very very refreshing. I mean, I think it's the same thing as like yeah, people know what to expect now when they see an IPA or a New England IPA or sure, sure. Uh, but when you say something very local, which is very interesting for me, is uh, oh, people go oh, an American Payoeo is Okay, you use different hops, but it's the same. You know, uh, it's for me. It's very difficult to understand now. Australian payaway, you say, oh, you only change the hops to Australian hops, and it becomes a new style. Man, okay, if it, if people are are understanding what they're going to get, it's okay. I don't, I have no problems with that. You know, uh, I don't know what's the big fuss about. I think the big fuss is that there are a lot of people who are grumpy. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other questions that people have had is that in particularly in Florida, you know, there is sort of a, a very closely related style that they call Florida Vice. Yeah. But again, it uses it uses local fruits, you know, just like the Catarina Sour does. What what Florida Vice didn't get as we got here would be uh, we, 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 we got uh, this this uh, concept to go nationwide. And Florida Vice didn't really leave the, the outbounds of Florida, you know. It didn't become something that you could uh, other breweries from all over the, the United States brewed, you know. And here, when, when Gordon arrived here and he saw uh, that pretty much uh, 
a lot of breweries were doing and uh, a lot of breweries from South America started to do and uh, it, it was something very interesting. He, he thought it was uh, people from Chile wanted to do it, from Argentina wanted to do it and now we have news that I just received somebody's uh, medal in the US that he, he entered as a Catalina Sour and he got best of show, which is quite interesting. You've gone worldwide. Yeah. Well, and I have to say that in comparison to like when I was down there, you know, one of the things I thought was really interesting was sort of there was a very large culture of sort of big aged Russian imperial stouts that, you know, a lot of homebrewers were were parading around. They were very proud of like, you know, oh, yeah, no, this is my Russian imperial stout. This one's like three years old. It's all right. And they're taking great pride in it. And I, I just always remember thinking, I mean, that's really cool. But I mean, that seems like man, drinking a Russian Imperial Stout during the middle of a Brazilian summer would seem like a tough thing. Yeah, it's something for a uh, one-off glass, yeah? One glass and that's enough. <laughs> I can't even imagine during your wintertime, you know, necessarily wanting to chug, a, chug down a whole bottle of it because you have very nice winters there. Yeah, our winter is something like uh, 15 to 20 degrees centigrade, which is not very hot, very cold at all, so... Uh, yeah, uh, imperial stouts are pretty pretty hot as well. Like uh, uh, now, pastry stouts is is the new thing, and beer geeks love it and everything. But uh, we really wanted to do something that would bring the mainstream drinkers to our world, to get people to understand that uh, uh, what craft brewing is. And I guess uh, for for us here, better than hops fruits were the vessel that we thought it would be better to get these people to get you know the beers i mean absolutely i mean the u.s went through a similar phase where you know as craft beer was first starting to appear you had a lot of fruited you know wheat ales not sour ales but just fruited wheat beers or fruited blonde beers because yeah that same idea like well people like fruit let's uh, let's get them into there but we uh, we just had very boring ones <laughs> yeah, and then and so we this is how things evolved and then uh so the people would say oh but how about florida vice i guess florida like i was saying florida didn't go nationwide florida didn't try didn't uh really go out of uh, out of the bounds of uh florida we what we did was we created a name and we wanted to to create the identity with our consumer up front and and things got a little bit of out of hand and people started to understand that uh, a sour beer with fruit was Catarina Sour. And so it was very easy when you put something in the bottle saying Catarina Sour, people would understand. And and it's difficult to explain that we didn't create anything. We, we just wanted to have some new communication with our public. And that really uh, went a little bit uh, further than what we we wanted to do. And, and as we ha- already have something like uh, 40, 50, 60 labels of different Catarina Sours available. Uh, so uh, people from competitions and, and uh, the nationals here, uh, we have a, uh, uh, they created the category as a experimental beer, and a lot of German guys came to judge, and they were really fascinated with everything. And how, even some people from uh, now the courses in Germany already put their wheat beer, and they go to Berliner, and they they already put a different one there called Katharina Sauer, which is really interesting. I can send you that as well. They already putting that in their uh, periodic table of of beers. You guys very successfully put a loop around an idea, right? You gave it a good name that people caught on to. 
And then, yeah, the fact that the fact that you are in the culture of the climate and the environment that you're in, it made it very natural to grow, you know, like a like a plant that was sorely needed in the soil. And I, I, I tend not to be very grumpy about beer styles. I let that to other people. But to me, I have a real strong faith in the idea of the power of names and the ability for names to make an idea concrete and handleable. So the fact that there is now a name attached to this, Katarina Sauer, you know, that allows people to hold the idea in their head and then be able to play with it, which is, which is really all I want people to do. We, we could call, we could call anything the the name Katarina came out just as something that we said uh, at that moment would be the breweries that we're doing are the, were the breweries from Santa Catarina. So we, we had a name that, uh, wouldn't uh, really say anything to anybody like uh, it, it, it would be very familiar for us to oh let's call Katarina as uh, we're doing here and then uh, things started and we already have some complaint from other states here say oh why Katarina sour this is a strong learner with fruits and whatever it's like man uh, call whatever you want uh, we did that to, to to communicate with here and and if you want to call sao paulo sour or if you want to call uh paraná sour the other state sour call feel free to do it uh what what we wanted to do was to do something that we could relate and we could when you see the name you you know uh like anything, like you said, the power of name. You say you say the name of anything. You can relate to it. You know what you know what you expect when you open a beer of a, a IPA. You know what you're going to get when you open a beer with a Russian Imperial Stout. You know what you're going to get. And so we did the idea with the Katarina creating the name Katarina Sour. Like I said, uh, Berlin, when I told somebody Berliner Weiss, they only focus here on Weiss, and they. Some, they, they they think it's something else and Berliner Weiss would be a sour beer and, and as we have a very German culture here and Weiss beer is the interest beer for pretty much everybody here uh, they would relate to something that is not quite what we were going to do so uh, let's create a new name and let's let's give an, a, an identity in order for these people to to know uh, if they want to drink it or not. So they know, oh, Catalina Sour, oh, I don't like it, or, oh, no, I know what to expect. It's, oh, what fruit did you use? It's the first question. Uh, oh, we use this fruit and that fruit. Oh, I want to try it. And so so that that's the, the way we wanted to, to, we want to approach it. Well, good. And I say, uh, I'm going to stick a, a flag down. I'm going to make a Pasadena Sour. I don't know what that's going to involve. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> it'll involve Caltech nerds and green parrots. <laughs> Just to do a recap so that we have everybody on the same page. What we're talking about here is you want to make a sort of a standard blender vicey type base except for stronger so 50 50 uh, pilsner malt and wheat uh, malt or un unmalted maybe some oats if you want to get a little extra a little extra mouthfeel to dance around with take that into your kettle around 100 degrees pitch with your favorite choice for lactobacillus you know a lot of people out there are playing around with probiotic cultures like good belly and whatnot to get cheaper probiotics or cheaper lactobacillus sources hold that at that 100 degrees for 24 hours until you see a pH drop uh, down. Oh, wait, and I forgot. Before you get before you take it up to 100 and pitch it with the lactobacillus, acidify your wort to 4.5 on the pH scale. Hold that after the lactobacillus cultures are pitched for 24 hours. You should see about a 1 to 1.2 drop in the pH, at which point in time, boil it, 
add some relatively neutral hops just for a little bit of bitterness. Ferment with a clean American yeast. Hit it with your fruit either in the fermenter or right in the keg as a, like a last-minute addition and have some fun. If you want to talk about the water as well, we do a very, very balanced water, calcium and sulfate, about 50 ppm of each. Just to try to kind of keep it nice and even. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And, uh, Ronaldo, if people if people come down to Florianopolis, uh, where should they look to go find your beer and under what brand? You're going to find also, nowadays, you can find pretty much, uh, you can find a lot of beers that uh, are being made that way here. It's, uh, we, we, at this moment, uh, craft uh, bars here in Florianopolis is much bigger than when you came down here. We we have something like, uh, uh, we have people from Ahmada, which is our other brewery that you got to know, and uh, uh, we have counted something like a thousand taps here in the city, and you're going to get something like uh, maybe 50 of these taps will be sour fruited beers. Uh, you can get some and 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 it's, which is very interesting. You can now travel around Brazil, and you're going to get these beers. I just went to to the state down to to the south here, and I got the opportunity to drink a sour beer there with uh, strawberries, and and they called it Catarina Sour. And then I went to Rio de Janeiro now, and they have some breweries doing Catarina Sour as well. And uh, I think we have counted something of our, uh, out of the 27 states of Brazil, something like 14, 15 states are already embracing the idea and and brewing Catarina Sours with a lot of brands. Uh, I would be very unfair for me to note some of them, but it, it nowadays it's very, very uh, easy to find them. To everybody else who's listening, if you have not been down to uh, Florianopolis, uh, I highly recommend it. You know, now of course, now of course, I just want to know how well does uh, Katarina Sour uh, pair with that octopus rice that you got us? Yeah, I think I think I should get you guys back down here. I I think we would be happy to. Yeah, it would be really awesome for you to see the evolution. We did that with Stan and uh, Stan Hieronymus. He he was delighted to see how things have evolved. Uh, from the first time he came to to now, and uh, uh, last year he came, and uh, in four years he said, "Oh, it changed a lot." It's 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 really cool to see that. I remember, beer is love, and beer is culture. And and, and I really can't see why, uh, like I said, uh, like you are saying, why have resistance with something that people are brewing, people are having fun, and uh, and the consumers are really enjoying. So. If you want to call a strong Berliner with fruit, if you want to call Florida Vice, with, if you want to call Catarina Vice, feel free as long as the consumer knows in, in, in what he's getting up there. Just enjoy the idea and play with your beer. Yeah. Well, Ronaldo, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come and talk with us on the podcast and helping explain this new and rapidly emerging style. And hopefully people will embrace it even further because it's a great idea. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, last year we had the opportunity to have uh, Jay uh, Goodwin over here and uh, from Rare Barrel and Kettle Sour is not a strong thing with him, but he was really delighted to see how uh, the sour culture is being developed. And I, I guess that's it. That, that that's the the whole idea. Uh, and 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 very interesting to see that how the homebrew world here in Flor in Brazil and in Florianópolis and Santa Catarina has. Uh, really uh, affected the whole commercial stuff as well. So 
uh, and you guys, you Drew and uh, and Danny and John and uh, Stan and all the guys that have been John Mallets and everybody that has been down here helping us to narrow the gap of knowledge. Uh, I guess you guys would be very, very proud to see wh where things have gone down here. It's fantastic. Thank you everyone for joining us on another episode of The Brew Files. We hope that you enjoyed this style and history exploration of Katarina Sauer. What do you think of the style and, well, the interplay of locality and the power of names? What sort of Katarina Sauer would you make? What the heck should go into a Pasadena Sour? Or what would go into your local Sour? Now remember, if you have show ideas, styles, brewers, techniques, ingredients, or etc., you can drop us a line at podcast at experimentalbrew.com. You can reach us at Denny at ExperimentalBrew.com or Drew at ExperimentalBrew.com. You can find us on Twitter at EXP Brewing, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Reddit, and just about every homebrew forum out there. Don't forget you can support the podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, click the Amazon, AHA, or BYO links on the website, and by going to Patreon and pledging a buck or two to more to our charitable cause, which for this part of the year is now a ZAD, helping dogs in Afghanistan and the military veterans who love them. Until next time, remember, the brew is out there, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Brew Files.